Welcome back to SE. I'm your host, Mitchell. And that's it for week six. Week five and week six, we have seen some really good games. So we're going to start this episode by recapping the games from this past weekend. And then we're going to look ahead and see what we got going on in week seven. Let's start with college game day at Kansas. Kansas versus TCU, a ranked matchup, actually. TCU was ranked 17th, Kansas 19th, and TCU prevailed 38-31. I'm not going to spend too much time on TCU. We see that they're able to ride this momentum that they have right now after beating Oklahoma, now beating Kansas. I do want to spend some time talking about Kansas because Kansas is obviously a basketball school. They've struggled with their football program. Now they're 5-1. and one. They were ranked for the first time in 13 years. Yes, they lose this game to TCU, but they are also playing with their backup quarterback. Their starter got hurt in the middle of the game. They are clearly turning around this program. And then you look at, okay, what else can we do to continue to build up this program? Well, they announced that they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate their football facilities and stadium. And things like that matter. Let's move on to Tennessee at LSU, Death Valley. And I thought, you know what? I was taking Tennessee, but I thought LSU would give them just a little bit of a fight. But this LSU team is definitely kind of a wild card. They're hard to read. And clearly, Tennessee had no problem at all putting LSU away. Final score, Tennessee 40, LSU 13. So Brian Kelly, LSU I don't know. Brian Kelly feels a little bit outdated as a coach. I know people think, well, he's a really good coach. Look what he did at Notre Dame. Yeah, sure. But again, even at Notre Dame, he felt outdated. And it felt like Notre Dame needed some new energy. And they're now getting that with Marcus Freeman. And we'll touch upon Notre Dame more later. But LSU, they have talent. People want to go to LSU. Guys want to play for LSU so they can recruit players. But it might take a little bit of time. And this is Brian's first year. So give the Tigers another season or two and let's see where they're at. Tennessee looks legit. Hendon Hooker hasn't thrown an interception yet this year. So he can take care of the football. They're scheming up plays. It's looking really easy. And their offense can move the ball almost without issue. And they have a monster matchup next weekend at home. They get Alabama. It's going to be a top 10 matchup. Tennessee, the AP poll hasn't come out yet at the time that I'm recording this. I don't think they would vote them in the top five. Would I be 100% shocked, surprised if they did? No, but again, I think Tennessee was ranked eighth. I mean, that would be a hell of a jump into that fifth spot. But nonetheless, it will be a top 10 matchup. It's a home game for Tennessee. They've sucked forever, so they're due. Everyone's hyped. And look, Alabama does look a little vulnerable. Yes, Bryce Young didn't play. And we'll we'll get to Alabama next year. But even with Bryce Young, and he's coming off of this shoulder sprain, the AC joint, he may not be actually 100%. And even if he is 100%, Alabama has shown us, like week two versus Texas, that they are not invincible. Speaking of Alabama, they get the win at home over Texas A&M. I think it was 24-20. And Brayson didn't play. That's fine. We know that A&M isn't exactly what we thought they were. And remember, this was the game, and I went back and looked. I mean, this was by most people in the media and their measures that this was going to be the biggest game in the regular season, if not the biggest one of the top two or three. And, of course, we all know that A&M did beat Alabama last year. 
And then we had the feud between their head coaches, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. So things kept building into this. And then A&M did pull in the number one recruiting class in 2022. But I was confused as to why people kept saying that was going to impact this season. Well, no, because those guys, like, yes, that's a great class. That's the best recruiting class in the country. But those are true freshmen. They're probably not going to play. Even if they do play this season, I think they'd have a minimal impact. So that kind of downplayed that matchup a little bit for me. But then, as we know, A&M was 3-2. and two. They definitely underperformed coming into this game. And then they lose. And now they're 3-3 three and three on the season. Alabama at Tennessee. If Tennessee does find a way to pull this off, that would be nuts. And college football would be on fire. Let's shift gears to the Pac-12 really quickly. With UCLA and USC, both still undefeated, USC beats Washington State. UCLA defeats Utah, a Utah team that did drop their very first game of the year to Florida at Florida. But a lot of people were really high on Utah and thought they'd make the playoff. I was never high on Utah because they lost their best player from last year, linebacker Devin Lloyd. Yes, they brought back some pieces. They brought back their quarterback, Cameron Rising. And they're a good team. They're a good program. But I'm like... Ah, uh, you guys think they're going to make the playoff and they lost their best player? I'm not so sure. And we've seen that now. Utah has their second loss and they are essentially out of playoff contention. But, I mean, UCLA being undefeated is definitely more of the surprise than USC being undefeated. USC, they brought in Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. I don't think USC is going to finish the regular season undefeated. I think they're going to slip up once. But UCLA is definitely a surprise. Chip Kelly is getting that offense flowing again. People wanted Chip Kelly gone. Good for them for sticking with Chip, and you can see it's starting to pay dividends. Notre Dame 28, BYU 20. And Notre Dame, since they dropped their first two games of the year, have won three straight. And this isn't something that I'm too surprised about because it didn't feel like Notre Dame was that bad it didn't feel like they're they were going to go one and four or something to start their first five games so to see them rattle off a couple wins in a row that makes sense and look it's marcus freeman's first year he's a young guy first time head coach allow him to get his feet underneath himself and his program i think this will really pay dividends for notre dame later on because he has young energy fresh blood to the program and notre dame needed that so now he can relate well with players get recruits and I, I know Notre Dame did lose some commits because they were recruiting very very well over the last offseason but Notre Dame is in this for the long game and this will pay off for them okay quick rapid fire for some of the other games that we saw Georgia 42 Auburn 10 I mean Auburn stinks we know this they were blown out by Penn State at home as well Ole Miss remains undefeated defeating Vanderbilt 52-28 South Carolina defeats Kentucky. Kentucky now has dropped back-to-back games. South Carolina 24, Kentucky 14. And then there were two. I didn't even watch these games. I'll I'll watch highlights. Just ugly games, at least it looks like, by the score. So Kansas State 10, Iowa State 9. Shout out Kansas State for just continuing to find a way to win games. And then I think it was, what, Illinois 9, Iowa 6? I mean, the Big Ten West is just a dumpster fire. I made a video about that, threw it on social media. And some people would come back and go, well, hey, easy, calm down. It's early in the year. It's one year. I'm like, no, that this is not one year. The East has won that conference, I don't know how many times. That's what the Big Ten has turned into. 
right? The winner of the East, the winner of the West, we're going we're gonna to play for the Big Ten Conference Championship. Whoever wins the East, you can pretty much write them in in pen that they're going to beat whoever comes out of the West. Now, with UCLA and USC joining the conference, we're going to have to do something with divisions. We're going to have to mix it up. Maybe we'll get rid of divisions altogether. If you get rid of divisions altogether, then it would just be the two top teams, I think, per winning percentage would meet in the Big Ten Championship. So, theoretically, if you move away from divisions in the Big Ten, you could have Ohio State and Michigan play each other the very last week in the regular season. And then if they still remain as the two best teams in the conference, they would play each other again in a rematch six days later. I'm not sure how a lot of people would feel about that, but I am curious to see what the Big Ten does. Ohio State 49, Michigan State 20, first road game of the year for the Buckeyes. Clemson 31, Boston College 3, Wake Forest is still dropping bombs on people. Wake Forest 45, Army 10, NC State 19, Florida State 17, Oregon 49, Arizona 22. So now, looking ahead to next week, week 7, again, there are some really, really good games, some really big ranked games. Of course, we'll start with the big one. Alabama at Tennessee. We've already touched upon that, but I think, I mean, if Hendon Hooker has his quote-unquote Heisman moment and gets the win over Alabama, I think a lot of people would put Hendon Hooker, I don't know, totally into the driver's seat to win the Heisman, but it would be him and C.J. Stroud fighting for that driver's seat. In the Big 12, Oklahoma State at TCU, as we know, Two undefeated teams fighting for Big 12 supremacy. We'll keep an eye on that one. Penn State at Michigan. Two undefeated Big 10 teams fighting for supremacy. We'll keep an eye on that one as well. And then there's one more game which has lost its luster. USC at Utah. Just because Utah has dropped two games. This was one of two games that I noted in the offseason. For USC that I thought they might lose. First one, Oregon State. The second one, Utah. And... They beat Oregon State, but man, that was a tight, tight win for USC. Now this game, it's at Utah. That can be kind of a tough place to play. The crowd can get into it a little bit. But also, is this USC team going to go 12-0? I really don't know. And if they are not going undefeated in the regular season, this is the week where they're going to drop a game. But I will say, I will give them credit if they roll in there, come out with a win out of week seven, remaining to be undefeated, we'll take a peek at the rest of their schedule and see what are the actual odds that they can finish the regular season 12-0. and If you win the Pac-12, it would be really hard to keep an undefeated 13-0 and Pac-12 champ out of the college football playoff in Lincoln Riley's first year. That will conclude this week's episode of SE. You can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and then at Sideline Expose on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week after week seven. And as always, go Bucks.